Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We continue, you know, sometimes we do things around here and we do it every Sunday and we repeat ourselves and I don't want repetition to take away from the power of what you're saying because the word of God is why we are here. The word of God is what sets the foundation for everything we do in life. And if it doesn't, then you're building on sand, right? So we need to, we need, when we confess that, don't let that become a tradition and don't let that become monotonous like, oh, here we go again. Think about what you're saying, right? Think about what you're saying and, and uh, let your heart believe what your mouth is saying and you will be different. You will never be the same. We believe that around here. That is our motto. So I want to share with you, uh, you should have gotten a packet when you walked through the door um, and inside the packet was your notes and uh, did we put out the calendar? We gave that out last week, right? So this will be, should be in there and it's our vision. If you don't have one, you can raise your hand and ushers will get it to you. But uh, it'd be good to put on your fridge or on the board in your office or somewhere so you could remind yourselves of who we are and why, why we do what we do. So in, in basic, uh, like I said, our motto is you will never be the same. Our vision is, is four things. We want people to come to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover their purpose. And we want them to make a difference. So we teach these four things in our newcomers or our, what we call plantings class. We do this two or three times a year uh, over a four-week period, and then we end it on the fifth week with a, a dinner, and uh, that'll be coming up after the 21 days of prayer is over. So if you're new and, or if you've been here a long time and you've never actually taken these classes, that'll be a good opportunity for you to do that. Uh, so that's coming here in the next uh, couple of months. But uh, we want people to know God. So... You know, I believe God's heart is the harvest, right? <laughs> the one purpose and reason why he sent his son Jesus to, as a little baby that we just celebrated Christmas, right, to, be, to live here uh, the 33 years and then die on a cross and resurrect three days later, was the purpose was to save people. The purpose was to bring people into the kingdom. And that's what know God is. We want people to come to know God and find freedom. We're very, very dedicated to this. Uh, you know, my wife does a, a class uh, called shadow boxing, and, and uh, she does it a couple times a year with uh, ladies, and the ladies gather, and they do it as a group. I do the shadow boxing class with men uh, individually. Men don't like to share personal stuff around other men, so uh, it doesn't work as a group as well. And then we do have uh, retreats uh, now and then. We haven't had one in a while because we've been doing these classes, which are uh, fulfilling what, what, you know, the find freedom part. But we deal with things that in a lot of places, in a lot of churches, unfortunately, we don't deal with, which is the deep stuff. How many of you remember, I was looking for Kai. Is Kai here? He's in Children's Church. He's helping his mom back there. But uh, I remember last year, who remembers the, the, the message, the New Year's message for last year? <laughs> My wife. <laughs> what was it? No, that was another one. It was the first one of the year was go deep. Go deep. Now you remember now, right? Now that I told you, right? So, so Kai used to sit up here and he'd go, go deep. And he was always the one that, that, you know, did it with me. And that's what we believe around here. We believe. And if you want to listen to that message, you're welcome to. It's on the app and on our website and our uh, uh, Facebook page. But uh, we want people to find freedom. And we deal with these deep issues. We all have them. We all, we all have culture you know that in the, in the nation of, of Cuba, the, the divorce rate is higher than any other nation in the world per capita for the amount of people that are there. Did you, I mean, that's like incredible. Do you know what number two is? 
Puerto Rico. People get divorced and remarried over and over again. There, there's such a, a, a cultural impact on, on uh, uh, marriage in these countries, in these Hispanic countries. That, that is part of what we carry into our Christianity. You, did you not know that? You know, there's a spiritual influence in everything that we do or everything that is done to us. Some of us have a past that we, we bury deep into our soul and we don't want to deal with it. And every once in a while it comes up. A song comes on or a smell or something. Somebody says something or we see that person or we remember that person. And then all the hurt and pain that that person brought us comes right back to the surface. And then what do we do? We push it back down and we do, right? We, don't, we want to find freedom from this. We want to help you find freedom from these things. So we believe in this uh, wholeheartedly here. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Uh, this class, uh, we teach it, and uh, it's, uh, we do the uh, to find out what your giftings are. You take that test. How many of you ever taken a, a giftings test where your personality test or giftings test? And we find out what your giftings are and where you fall into. And, uh, and then on the last one, make a difference as we try to plug you in. So if you're coming to church and you say, you know, I'm not ready to serve yet, that's fine. Nobody's obligating you to do anything. But sooner or later, you can't be part of the body and do nothing. Every part of your body has a purpose. If there's a part of the body that doesn't do its purpose, sooner or later, it's useless, right? If your finger, if you leave your finger and it doesn't ever move and you leave it like that for a long time, what happens? You won't be able to move it anymore, right? So we want everyone to be able to not only discover their purpose, but make a difference. That is, in a nutshell, our vision here in, in our church. And our planting, when we planted our church, before we came here, we planted our church based on this scripture that's here on this page in Genesis 28, verses 3 and 4. It says, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community. Everybody say community. A community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessings given to Abraham so that you may take possession of, and then we used to say the land because that's where we planted our church, the possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. See, we're not just here to, because this building happened to be here and we were asked to come over here and take over while the other pastors retired. And so we ended up in Orange City by coincidence. And no, this is a God incidence. You know, the, the, we have a purpose and a reason why we're, we're not here just providing you to be able to come on a Sunday morning and say, I put in my time. I'm good before God. I heard a good word. The music was great. I'll see you next Sunday. Man, if, we, if that's all we're doing, I'm sorry. We need to change something, right? We're here to become a community of people that take possession of the land in which God has sent us to. <laughs> right? We need to take possession of the land that God has sent us to. And then the Lord placed this in my heart during a prayer service uh, when we were part of Rock Church. And uh, uh, we use this as part of our vision. It's why church? Why do we have church? And the first C on there, you'll see on the bottom, uh, I broke it down the different letters in the word church. It's an acrostic. The first word, the first letters, C for community, right? We were placed in the community to bless the community, not for the community to bless us. There's a difference. We're here with a purpose to affect everything around us. H is harvest. If I could spell church with the H in first, I would have put that first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, harvest should be our main uh, uh, reason why we're here. Our main purpose for a church is the harvest. It's the platform which God created for us to be able to preach the gospel. And that's what we do around here. You is unto him. We try to do everything as if unto God himself. If we, and and I, granted, there are times where we do things according to our own plans. How many of you know that church has changed a lot because man has put his fingerprint on it? Right? I, I, don't, I don't think that we're doing exactly 100% what God intended for the church to be. But we're seeking him in these next 21 days. And we're seeking what he would have us to do. And I can tell you, I've already heard a few things. Unto him, we want to do everything as if unto God. What good would it be to have program without power? Right? To have performance without a presence. It, it, would, it wouldn't be any good. 
So we want, we want God's presence in all that we do unto him. And the, other, the R in church is restoration. We believe in restoration of the individual, as I spoke earlier, find freedom. Uh, we believe in restoration of the family. We believe in restoration of the children. We believe in restoration uh, of the drug addict, of the divorced, of you know, the homosexual. We believe in restoration of all those things. We believe that here, that God can restore anything. You can't mess up anything so badly that God can't fix it. Amen. C, communion. We believe in the sacraments here. We have communion on occasion. We don't do it on a regular basis, but we do have it depending on the word. Or if the Lord speak to us about having a communion, we just had communion during Thanksgiving. Um, we had communion on uh, uh, Good Friday also for Christmas. We had communion. So uh, we have communion here. And then we have uh, tithes and offerings are part of that sacrament. Baptism in water is part of that sacrament. So those are things that we believe. And then the last H in the word church is home or habitation, as I like to call it. And uh, that just means that we minister to everything from the babies all the way to the seniors and grandparents and great-grandparents. And, uh, you know, we, my wife and I were children's pastors for a long time. It's, it's in our heart. So if you don't have children in this children's ministry after service is over and the children are picked up, you're welcome to go back there and look. Uh, you know, our budget, uh, a lot of our budget goes back there towards curriculum and towards crafts and things so that, you know, these children can be ministered to. I believe that if you lay a foundation now, we don't have to break the foundation later. If we lay a good foundation now, we don't have to change, right? It's easy to teach people who know nothing. It's hard to teach people who think they know something. Right, because then you have to unlearn. You have to teach them to unlearn something. Right? I came out of religion. I won't tell you which one, but I came out of religion. Right? I'm, I'm not a religious person. I have a relationship with God. Now, re- the word religion means to bind. I'm not bound. I'm free. I'm free to live the life that I live. I'm not free to sin. I'm free to live this life because God paid the price for me. And uh, so I came out of that, and I had to unlearn some things before I could relearn what God really intended for my life and his purpose for my life. So that made it even twice as hard. But I love it when somebody gets saved and they know nothing. They don't know. They don't have no preconceived ideas about what church should be. They don't, they don't know anything about the Bible. They don't, they don't have this religious background of, you know, who God is or wasn't or should be or none of that. It's so easy to put seed there and watch it grow because then you can create uh, uh, what God intended for that person to be. Not, you know, they think that God's up there as a, a, you know, a tyrant and he's got a big metal bar on his hand and every time you mess up, he hits you with it. You know, that's not God at all. That's not his character at all. If anything, he's got his arms open and he's always waiting on you to come home. All right, 2020 vision. So this is going to be a three-part. Today's just called 2020 vision. This is a three-part series and includes last week's sermon, which was Happy New You. And uh, it talks about what we think about. It talks about uh, uh, our thought process. It talks about having, instead of waiting for a new year to start something new, how about a new you so we don't need a new year anymore, right? Because then we, we, we change something. We make resolutions. And then it, by, I, always, I always say by tax season, by April 15th, all that's gone. Oh, they'll be next year. They'll be next year. And then we, we recycle our life like that and we do it over and over. We don't need a brand new year. We need a brand new mind. We need a brand new way, a brand new heart, a brand new way of thinking. That's what we need. So you can listen to that. Uh, it's on there. Today's 2020 vision. And then next week's going to be dream on. Uh, you don't want to miss that one. Uh, and you don't want to miss this one, but you can't because you're here. So lock the doors. 2020 vision. Proverbs 29, 18. Very familiar scripture when it comes to vision. And just bear with me. We're going to get to the, the meat of this in just a moment. But Proverbs 29, 18 in the message. Listen to this. I love this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Look at it in the New International Version. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. New, New American Standard uh, Bible. Look at this, 2918. I love, the, I love hearing the kids yell out the scripture back there. Did you guys hear that? Those are your kids learning the Bible and learning about God. Where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. 
See, vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Without it, we perish, we stumble all over the place, and we, are, we go around unrestrained. I believe that people without vision <clears throat> have to deal with depression and have to deal with anxiety. Imagine not knowing where you're going, why you're living, what you're doing. You have no reason for getting up every morning and going to work other than just to pay the bills. I'm going to help you for just a moment. Can I do that? <laughs> some of us, and don't raise your hand, some of us are stuck in the cycle of a job that they absolutely hate, but they do it because they need the paycheck on Friday to pay the bills so they can keep the lights on, and they just live their life like that because they're not willing to have vision to step out of that into what God really wants them to do. I did it. You get into a place and you're like, you're just doing it because you need it. Not because it's your purpose. And that's not purpose. Paying your bills is not vision. <laughs> Somebody said one time, uh, you know, I, I, I work and I provide and I do this and I do the other. And, and the response was, yeah, but if you don't, the government will. You know, we live in a, in a country where obviously you won't live as well as if you worked and did your thing. But, you know, if you were in a bad place, you could get welfare, you could get food stamps, you can, you know, get housing, you can get different things. It's very, very difficult to end up homeless in the United States, even though a lot of people are. But if we have vision for our future, man, that changes everything. That gives us a hope for what's next. So think of a vision as a time machine. Now, it's a time machine that only travels into the future and back to the present. Now, if you could travel into your past, what would you do? <laughs> exactly. And we can't change it. Don't we know that? You can't change your past. Now, you can go back there and, and see what happened and learn from it and not do the same mistakes over and over again. That's, that's a good reason for your past. But going back there to wallow in it and to, oh, man, this is what happened to me. And to use your past experiences as excuses for, for living the life you're currently living, it's, it's not a good cycle. Now, your past is there. So there are reasons why you're where you're at. But if you turn those reasons into excuses, you'll never get out of where you're at. You can have a reason, and we all have reasons. But if you make it an excuse then you have, you have no way of getting out because now it's an excuse to continue to live the way that you're living. That should help you. So we don't travel into the past because we, we could go back there. We'd find the exact spot where we wanted and, and change it. But I would use this vision time machine every time I was going to make a decision concerning my future. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> If you could fast forward your life and see where relationships were going to end up, you wouldn't have had as many of them. The youth pastor laughs. I'm going to use that for the youth. I know he is. Right? If you could see where that relationship... I know what it feels like right now. I know what it looks like right now. He's so good. He's so awesome. Look at the muscles on him. He's got a six-pack. I used to have a six-pack. It's still there. It's just under all this right here. <laughs> right? Oh, he's so wonderful. He's so, he doesn't gluten. <laughs> you never gluten when you're dating. Put the ring on the finger and everybody's glutening everywhere. everywhere. Right? It's not what it looks like right now. It's not where you're going to be. It's going to change. How many of you know that? But if you can have vision for what it could become, then you're not just looking at where you're at. Because where you're at, it's not going to stay that way. How many of you know that? It's not going to stay that way. It never does. If you could fast forward and see where accepting a certain job would take you, you would be pickier about which one you accept. Or where, you, where you're currently working, actually. If you could fast forward and see where... This little bit of drinking and this little bit of smoking pot and this little bit of doing drugs occasionally, socially, once in a while is going to end up. You wouldn't touch the stuff. You wouldn't touch it. If you, could, if you could fast forward and just see a picture of yourself 10 years down the line when you just started just drinking socially, just kind of having a good time. And if you could see where it's going to take you, you wouldn't even start. 
See, having vision automatically makes you smarter. <laughs> Jeremiah 29.11. Jeremiah had a bullfrog. Jeremiah 29.11. New uh, American Standard Bible says, For I know the plans I, that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Look at it, uh, the same scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. See, a future or a vision that comes from God has hope, has fulfillment, has provision, provision right? Provision. If you have vision, God will provide for that vision but you have to have it has to be a godly vision and we're going to cover that in a little more detail next week when we talk about dream on just when you thought you had a dream it's actually just a fantasy you want to hear the rest of that you got to come next week vision is a discovery of god's plan as it relates to your life i want to discover what he has for my future god has it all figured out we just need to trust him It's called faith. We think we know what is best for us, but the fact is only he knows what is best for us. We have to trust him. It's kind of like, you know, these newer cars. I just had my old change the other day, and my car is up there in miles now, so, uh, you know, you have to kind of change the kind of oil you put in it. And I asked the guy, I said, could you just look on the cap and tell me the type of oil that you have to put in this? And, you know, it says dextron or whatever it's the blended oil and it's like 79 dollars. remember when changing your oil is like 20 bucks so oh it's like 70 and but if we get you the high mileage one which is you know and i said hold on a minute so i pulled out my manual i haven't seen that manual for i pulled out my manual and i actually was sitting right there i went and i looked at it and i looked up my mileage i'm at almost 92,000. i looked at my mileage and I said, no, 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 here it says that I can continue using what the cap says. I don't need that, that other one. And he goes, okay. And then he puts the sticker and he goes, in three to 5,000 miles. I said, no, no, no. Here it says that the car knows, it has a computer, and it knows when that oil goes bad. So it could last up to 10,000. Oh, we don't recommend that. The manufacturer that created this car, the one who made this car, the one who warrant I still have a warranty. The one who warrantied this car said, I can wait until it tells me. So how does Jiffy Lube, oh, I'm sorry, I should, should, probably shouldn't say that. How does the, the, the oil change guy, right? I'm on live here, so. The oil change guy, how does he know better than the manufacturer? He doesn't. He doesn't know better. I have to trust Buick to know that they made this car to operate this way, and this is how it's supposed to go. We have to trust the manufacturer who made us Right? And trust that what he says our future should be is what it is. Amen. And whatever pathway he opens for it, whether it hurts, whether it's good or bad or ugly, it doesn't matter. I trust him for that future. Yeah. Listen to this. Why is it when God makes a promise for our future, we begin to figure out how we can get ourselves there? I do it too. We know that God made a promise to prosper us, but we want to get prosperity our own way. He, oh, this is my promise. This is what the Bible says. I know how to get there. No, you don't. He does. He's the one that promised you that, gave you that promise. He's the one that gave you vision for your future. If he gave you the vision, then he knows how to get you there. And it, I'll tell you what. Probably 99.9% of the time, it's not the way you thought it should be. Or the way that you think it should be. Or the way that you want it to be. We see this great vision, this great thing. God has this great thing he's going to do. And we hear prophecies and, and wow. And, and, then, and then what do we do? We start changing things and working towards making it happen ourselves. And those things all fall to the side and they don't work very well. And it doesn't get us to where we want to go or... And then we realize, well, the one who gave us the vision is the one who's going to give us the, the directions. Amen. See, God not only made a promise for our future, he also determines how we get there. The question is, do we trust him? You can fill this out in your notes. Vision gives pain a purpose. Vision gives pain 
a purpose. See, if you're going through something right now and it's painful, don't worry. It's part of the vision. It's going to get you to where you need to get to. And when you get there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be worth it. When, you know, sometimes I have people come and, and they, uh, uh, they say, you know, we've been married 10 years and we just, things are just rough and, and we just don't get along anymore and, and we're just always nagging and fighting and we're just this and that. And, you know, the, the love is gone, the spark is gone, the fire is gone. And, you know, and, and this lady at work, she just keeps telling me how good looking I am, you know. And, you know, and, and, and they, they say these things and it's like, no, 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 no. You need to fight for the one you have. See, the pain you're going through right now, it doesn't matter. You got to fight for the one you have. You have to go to counseling. You have to, you have to give up some of yourself. Some of yourself has to die for this to work. You have to, and let me tell you something, it's, it's worth it. What happens is we never find out because we give up on this side of the pain rather than making it through the pain to find out what's good on the other side. <laughs> T.D. Jakes puts it this way. He says, to get from one mountain peak to the other, you got to go through the, through the valley. The mountain peak is the test. The valley is the school. So if you are on a mountain, and when, you're, when everything's good, that's the test. Are you going to still seek God? Are you still going to come to 21 days of prayer? Are you still going to seek vision? Because, oh, you know, I got this beautiful woman. I got a nice house. I got a nice car. Things are great. You know, I bought a Lexus for my wife for Christmas. Anybody do that here? That commercial, it's like a big old bow. You know, we're going to say, hey. If we lived up north, it'd be that snowblower. Did you see that commercial where the guy buys his wife a snowblower? <laughs> Arlen, did you buy your wife a snowblower? You're a good man. Vision gives pain a purpose. Those without vision spend their lives taking the path of least resistance as they try to avoid discomfort. See, vision is a straight line. And that line might take you through fire. That line might take you through discomfort. That line might take you through a place that you would have never even in a hundred years imagined that you would be there. That line, it takes you. Listen, 20 years ago, I would have never thought I'd be standing here doing this right now. <laughs> never. I would have never thought that people like you would show up to listen to me talk. That would be the last thing on my mind. Well, I'm only here because my wife made me come. <laughs> well, you're here, and now you got to listen to me, right? I would have never thought that. The process to get here was difficult. It wasn't easy. And sometimes I didn't stay on that straight line. I tried to figure it out on my own and only found out that there are guardrails there trying to keep you in line with the vision that God has for your life. Sometimes you just got to go through the fire and not around it. it takes you longer. Why do people put themselves through pain of boot camp? Huh, Josh? Pretty rough, right? Why do you do that? I'm going to go, this is pain. They, they treat you. I've never been through it, but I've heard that they, they just, it's not very, they don't treat you very nice, right? It's not like, oh, you can't do those? Oh, it's okay, Josh. You're okay. This is our, our Marine visiting from Japan here today. So, you know, they put you through this and they put you through pain and they put you through that. And, and, right? and why do you go through that? Because you've already been promised something on the other side of this boot camp. You've already been promised something on the... You know that if I make it through this, I'm going to be over there. And maybe one day I'll be causing pain on someone else. <laughs> right? Maybe one day I'll be able to put on my hat and yell at somebody and call them, you know, mayonnaise. If you know, you've ever seen that movie. Now everybody's going to look up, you know, everybody's looking at each other. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I know they used to call the guy Mayonnaise. His name was Mayo, and they called him Mayonnaise. He yelled at him and yelled, right? I, was, I had a friend in, in Tulsa, he was a drill sergeant, about this big. I know, hey, Bill. So, <laughs> he, he talked like this. This was his whisper. <laughs> he was, I was like, man. And he used to teach people how to, how to parachute. So they go to these towers and they jump off the tower. And, and uh, one time he was yelling at somebody and, and, they, and he, he ended up, the guy was like scared, didn't want to jump. And he ended up putting the guy's parachute on and he jumped and it didn't open completely and he hit the ground. So he broke his neck in three different places. He, and uh, he was honorably discharged uh, from the army. But he, he, was, 
He was proud of putting people through boot camp. And I was, like, I was like, how do you do that? Why would you make it so difficult? And he goes, because you have to create the person that's going to make it through the next stage. See, you, that person will not be able to, to stand uh, you know, on, on, a, on a line with a rifle and be able to defend their fellow uh, uh, soldiers and their country unless they make it through this. See, you will never be able to fulfill your vision unless you go through the poop that you're going through and make it to the other side. You'll never, you're not going to be able to do it. Because the vision is, God's vision for your life is so great and so awesome that it requires a strong person to be able to fulfill it. And you won't become strong unless you work out. So he's putting you through some pain, right? No pain, no gain. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is he, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, you have to persevere through the trial to receive this crown of life and to receive the promise that God made to you. Persevere. We have to make, you have to have vision for that. You've got to be able to look beyond what you're actually going through right now. See, vision requires you to lift your eyes above the circumstance. What happens when you're going through something or, or you know, there's a negative a season in your life and there's a painful part in your life, what happens? You stare at that. You're overcome by that. Your sight goes to that. When something hurts in your body, what happens? Your hand goes there and you rub it, right? And you take and you concentrate on that thing that's hurting you, right? Instead of looking above and saying, wait a minute, God promised me healing. He promised me by the stripes of Jesus I would be healed. The only way to see yourself healed on the other side is to lift your eyes and take your eyes off the pain and take your eyes off the discomfort and take your eyes off whatever disease they've been speaking over you. You have to be able to lift your eyes to do that. You have to have vision. That's faith. To be able to see yourself in a place that you currently don't see yourself. You have to have vision. True godly vision consists of, you can fill this in, foresight, insight, and oversight. True godly vision consists of foresight, insight, and oversight. We're going to cover number one, foresight. Foresight is like looking at life through a telescope. This outlook allows us to know what is ahead and, is connect, and, and as it connects us to our future or to our vision or to our promise. Foresight is the element of vision that helps life make sense. See, it helps us, like I said earlier, it removes depression. It removes the whole, I don't know why I'm even alive. It removes the thoughts of suicide. Because you find purpose in the vision that God has placed in your life. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 32. It says, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. That doesn't sound good. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. <laughs> he, foreseeing this, foresight, he, foreseeing this, spoke, concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Thank you, Jesus. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. See, David's life was given meaning through the vision of the coming Christ. Jesus would be a descendant of the king to become the king of kings. They, had to, they knew that he had to be attached to David so the Jews would see him as the Messiah, and they still didn't. Why do you think Matthew starts so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot? And we always skip over that. Why is this chapter even here? Because Matthew is talking to the Jews, and he has to show them that Jesus was a Jew, descendant of David. Remember they call him son of David? How, they had to give that whole gene to connect all that. And what's awesome about that is in the midst of all that, there's a prostitute. 
In the midst of all that, there's a heathen. In the midst of all that, there's all these other people that connect David to Christ. See, God uses whoever he wants to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. He's God. You have to give him permission. So when we have foresight, we see what the future holds. We should have some kind of vision for something. If your marriage is in a bad place right now, change your vision. See it in a good place and start working towards that vision. You're looking at it through a telescope. Number two, insight. To have proper godly vision, you must have insight. Insight is like viewing life through a microscope instead of a telescope. This, per- this perception gives us an understanding of why things happen in life. Insight without foresight keeps us focused on the present without having hope for a future. So you're always with your eye in the telescope, like I said earlier. You're always looking at what's happening right here. And you want every, I want to see the microscopic problems that it's in my life. And we let even those little, little things that are really shouldn't even be bothering you, they bother you. Why? Because you're focused on that thing. Instead of taking a telescope and saying, wait a minute, I see what God has promised. I see the promise of God over there. I see me healed. I see my marriage restored. I see my children back home. I see, I see, I see, I see, I can see it. Right? Can you see it? But if you're like this, you're not going to ever see it. You're going to be looking at what's in front of you. Now, do we need to have insight? Yes, you need to know where you're at. When you put your uh, uh, destination into GPS, the GPS needs to know where you're at to give you direction. I heard somebody say this morning, as the crow flies, I haven't heard that in a long time. All right? As the crow flies, right? It doesn't tell you to make all these turns because the crow doesn't have to go down the street. It just goes, as the crow flies, straight. We have to be able to see with foresight and have some insight as to where we're at to know where you're going. Once we have foresight or vision for our future, then we must have insight of how God is going to get us there. That's what the microscope is for. But we have to continue to be able to see forward and see where we're at. Count the cost. Count the cost of your vision. Listen, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you, but it's going to be worth it. It's like that deal. But wait, there's more. It's going to cost you something. But believe me, what you get out of it, you're not even going to remember what it cost you. You're going to be living such a life. You're going to be in such a place if you begin to fulfill this vision that God has for your personal life. You're going to be in such a place, you're not even going to remember the pain and the cost that, it, that you had to go through. We're going to talk more about that next week on Dream On. Your dream is going to cost you. Number three, oversight. So you have foresight, insight, and now oversight. Oversight puts life into context. It is like flying over a house with a drone. There's a perspective that we can only receive from that vista that helps us understand where we are with respect to where everything else is. Don't you have to know where everything else... You can't just get in your car and put in the GPS and close your eyes and put your foot on the gas. Right? You you can't do that. You You have to see the things around you. You have to avoid certain things. You have to stop at the stop sign and stop at the red light and go at the green light. And you have to make right turns and left turns. And So we need to have oversight of where we're at and what we're doing. If you just have vision and say, oh, that's where we're going, and you do nothing... You're never going to get there. Where's the pathway to get there? How, what am I going to have to do? Again, it's going to cost you something. Oversight gives us a seasonal perspective. Where were we? Where are we? Where are we going? Tell them I'll take that later. Where are we going? What season of fulfilling the vision are you in? Are you in where? Where are we? Right? Or where were we, where are we, and where are we going? Where were we, where are we, where are we going? I'm going to give you a couple steps. Number one, pray for godly vision. Pray for godly vision. I'm going to cover this more next week, but, you know, sometimes we have our own dreams. And we fail at our own dreams. And our whole life falls apart. But see, godly vision 
and godly purpose, godly dreams will be fulfilled. And they will give you the fulfillment that you require, that you need. You know, we all need to be fulfilled in some way or another. I think that's why God put us in flesh. Right? I'm addicted to food. I have to eat it three times, at least three times a day, right? Or twice a day, sometimes twice a day. If I skip breakfast, I go twice a day. You know, we, we eat food and we, we have to eat it every day. We can go on a fast and eat certain foods or whatever, but we still have to eat food. If you go without food for 40 days, you die. Go without water for three days, you die. Go without air for three minutes, you die. <laughs> right? You need it. It's almost like this flesh needs to be fulfilled all the time. There's a level of fulfillment when you get married and you consummate that marriage. Mm-hmm. Hummada, hummada, right? There's a certain level of fulfillment that your flesh gets out of that. Is it not, if you're married, if you're not married, you don't find out until you're married, young people, okay? That fire will burn your house down. Okay, I'll say it. <laughs> Sex outside of marriage is like having, you know, if you have a fireplace and you have fire in the context of a fireplace, it warms the house, it's nice, right? Take that same fire and put it in the middle of your living room and it burns down your house. Sex inside the context of a marriage it does what it's supposed to, its purpose. You take that out of the context of a marriage and it burns down your house. Remember that. The same fulfillment is there. It still feels good, but it's going to destroy you. Inside of a marriage, it won't. It won't destroy you. That was free. <laughs> so pray for godly vision. I want God to give me his vision. And I want to be able to fulfill myself with what God knows. He's the manufacturer. He knows what fulfills me. And you know, one time I went into a pastor's office and I learned this and I ended up using it in counseling afterwards. And I was going through something and I just shared whatever it was I was going through. He says, go get somebody saved. I was like, what? You didn't hear what I was saying. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. Go get somebody saved. Well, that has to do with them. I'm talking about me being selfish here. Let me be selfish. Can I be selfish today? I'm, I'm struggling. I'm in pain. I'm, you know, things are not going well. I need help. Go get somebody saved. And sure enough, man, you know, we went out and, and, and I've always been that way and talked to people about God. And, and when this particular gentleman, I remember who he was and everything, gave his life to the Lord. I mean, just I brought him, I talked to him a little bit, didn't want anything to do, brought him to church and he ran up front and got saved and, in church. And I was just so excited about the whole thing. I completely forgot what I was going through. I was being so fulfilled with being part of changing this person's life. That God used me to bring eternity to this person, to bring, to bring promises, to bring a, a, a Christian walk to this person. Everything changed for him. His, his marriage changed, his children's changed, everybody changed. They're now, you know, this is years and years ago, and now they're, they're, they're in a church and their kids are playing music and the worship team, and, and you know, it's just incredible what's going on with this. I'm like, wow, I was part of that. I can't even tell you what I went in for counseling for because <laughs> it, it, did, it didn't matter anymore. It became this big. It, be, it was part of the microscope. <laughs> it became a little tiny thing this big. Why? Because that person's eternity meant more than my little problem. I, and then I was fulfilled. I don't think God has created anything that fulfills us more than to lead somebody else into the kingdom. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11, the New International Version says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He has plans. Let's pray for those. Let's ask God to give us. I want his plans. Whether you understand them, whether you think, oh, I don't know, I don't know, that's not, I've been working for 20 years on. You know, God can do in one year what you mess up over 20. God can do in just a moment what you messed up over 30. I've seen people reach their 60s and 70s <clears throat> running from the, from the Lord. And then all of a sudden, one day they say, okay, God, I'm here. I just, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to die like this. I, I want to fulfill whatever it is. And he fulfills that person's life purpose in a matter of moments that they waited 50 or 60 years to do. Not that you should be waiting because it was 50 or 60 years of unfulfillment. I want to start seek, seeking his vision and seeking his purpose for my life now. And then attend to the vision. 
Just having a vision for your future will not cause it to come to pass. We, need, we can have faith for the vision, but faith without works is dead. You need to do something. Some of you are sitting here when I said stuff about work and I said stuff about marriage. You already thought about it. He says, I need to do something. Some of you, when I, when, I, when I mentioned about sex outside of marriage, some of you need to stop doing that. Some of you are already thinking to yourself, man, maybe I should, you know. And you're already, you're already making these thoughts and these thinking of these things. Well, now you have to do something with what God is saying to you. Not that I'm God, but the Holy Spirit is placing these little things in you. Remember last week? There's always a voice in your head. There's always something speaking to you. There's one speaking to you right now. 10 to 12. When is he going to wrap it up? Right? <laughs> There's always something in your head. There's always something in your head. <laughs> so you have to attend to that vision. Attend to what God is revealing to you. Again, Proverbs 29.18 in the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And prepare uh, for, uh, for fulfillment of the vision. You have to prepare. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. This was, is, the scripture that God gave me when he gave me my vision and my purpose for my life. I have it in my uh, office there with a map of the Caribbean, and I'm not going to share all that with you now, but God showed me something, and I saw it. In a, I had an actual vision, and I saw this map, and I saw this scripture on the map. And uh, I went looking for it. I went to you know, uh, uh, Google Maps and Google Pictures, and, and I looked and looked, and I couldn't. I said, I saw this thing. I know what it looks like. And I shared it with a, a graphic artist in our church, we're at Rock Church, and she, within minutes, sent me this thing in my email, and I opened it up, and there it was. I said, where did you find that? She goes, oh, I just went in, and then this is what I came up with. I was like, that's exactly what God was showing me. And this scripture's on that picture in a frame in my office, and it's Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I will stand at my guard post. I will station myself on the wall. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what answer I will get to my complaint or to my question. It says complaint here, but he was actually questioning God. What answer am I going to get? Then the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Make it clear on tablets so that anyone can read it quickly. The vision will still happen at an appointed time. It hurries towards its goal. It won't be a lie. If it is delayed, wait for it. It will certainly happen. It won't be late. 20 years. 20 years I've been working towards that vision. 20 years I've been steadily doing whatever. I was in children's ministry. It had nothing to do with the vision that God gave me. In my mind. It had nothing to do right? Went to Rama Bible Training Center. Yes, this has to do with the vision. I got to prepare. I got to study to show myself approved. And I, oh yeah, I got the vision now. I'm going to do this. And I went to school and I ended up, uh, came back and, as a children's pastor at Rock Church. It's like, okay, I'm doing, I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't disappointed. I, I loved ministering to the kids. I'd still be doing it today if, if God would have left me there. And you know, okay, I'm doing that. And, and I was there. And then, and then I became the, the associate pastor. And I started overseeing other ministries. And I started helping the pastor fulfill the vision for his church and, and doing that there. And I started teaching in the school and doing different things. And I'm thinking, you know, I know the vision. I, every day I walk into my office and I see that, that map and I see that vision. And I'm like, Lord, you said you were going to do this. And he says, you just keep doing what I'm telling you to do. And we just kept saying, yes, Lord. Every time he said, do this, we said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we come here and we start praying. And our mission was in Bolivia for many, many years. And we still have friends there. And, and uh, uh, we still believe in that mission. But we came here and it's like, okay, Lord, do you want me to continue to be involved in Bolivia? And what should we do? And the pastors that were here before had a vision for uh, other places and and we were like do we continue to do those that would be fine and the lord kept saying no and 
So we were like, what do we do? What am I going to do? And, and I was back and forth. And, and the Lord said, you're going to go to the Dominican Republic. I'm like, I don't know anybody. I don't know anything about the Dominican Republic. I just, I don't. And then Kim and Rhonda, Kim came and talked to me about somebody in the Dominican Republic. And Kim and I went, made a trip there and met them and, and spent some time with them. And we got involved there. And uh, that kind of came to an end uh, uh, abruptly. And we was like, okay, Lord, where, sh where should I go? And the Lord was like, I sent you the Dominican Republic. That hasn't, a man cannot change the vision that I have for your life. A ministry cannot change the vision that I have for your life. <laughs> a bad marriage cannot change the vision that I have for your life. Difficulties, finances, that cannot change the vision that I have for your life. Don't we let it do that? And I said, okay, Lord. And every day I would see, you know, I would look at this picture and I would read the, and say, oh, Habakkuk, I remember that, Lord, and when is that going to be fulfilled? And, and part of that vision is the Caribbean. And I never put two and two together. I know the Dominican Republic is in the Caribbean, but I was like, yeah. The Hispaniolas, it's together with Haiti. It's one big island. I'm like, okay, Lord, so this is where it's going to start. And he says, yes, this is just the beginning. Just the beginning. So we get to be part of this vision together. It says, write down the vision. Make it plain and simple. I want you to know that your pastors are hearing from the Lord this year, and as we do every year and all year long, and we're always seeking God. And We have our moments Everyone, you know, if you're a devout Christian where you're reading your Bible every day and you're praying and everything, don't you ever get dry? Like, ah, you know, things kind of, I just don't feel God's presence and I'm just kind of going through the motions of, I, I go through those moments too. They don't last very long, but I go through them. I'm like, Lord, sometimes I drive up here and I'm like, Lord, I don't feel anything. I don't know. I don't even feel your anointing this morning. I hope it really goes well. <laughs> and, and I was like, Lord. And then I trust him. And the anointing comes, and the Lord brings a word just for you. So the Lord's been speaking to us, and the Lord spoke to me just a, a few months ago. I was sitting on the beach. I shared this with the group that was here for prayer. He said, trim the fat. Like, what does that mean, trim the fat? I thought he was talking to me. It's like, okay, Lord, I, you know, what do you want me to do? He says, no, no, I need you to keep it simple. I need you to simplify church. Simple does not mean lack of power right? Simple means you're not distracted by all this stuff that we do that doesn't really bring down the presence of God. Keep it simple. Those are changes and vision and things that are coming to new life in the future. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to confirm the vision with the word. And we're going to begin to praise him as if it already was fulfilled. If you could see where your vision and you could see the purpose that God has for you, even though you got to go through all this stuff to get there, and some of it's good, it's not all bad, but if you got to go through all this to get there, if you keep your eye on the vision, just praise Him for that, even though it hasn't come yet. You know what that's called? Faith. Faith. Call those things that are not as if they were. So we're going to pray for a godly vision. That's what we've been doing over these 21 days of prayer. We want you to come and be part of that. So what does the future look like? I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy, verse 28. I'm going to take my time. The music might start behind me. Don't get distracted. Just put, our, let's, let's put all your Bibles away and your notes away. Let's dim the lights. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand on your feet as I read this. God has promised this. Deuteronomy, chapter 28. I'm going to read verses 2 through 13. You ready for your future? You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord, your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Amen. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Amen. Your fruit baskets and bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. 
The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven directions. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then, then all the nations of the world will see that you are people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land. He swore to your ancestors to give you vision, blessing you with many children. No amens there, right? Numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work that you do. You will lend, you will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never on the bottom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our prayer this morning, Father, is that we would have godly vision, Lord. And I know that your vision corresponds with the Word. And I know, Lord, that what I just read is is vision for all of us, Lord. But, Father, you have a purpose for every individual at the sound of my voice right now, Father. I pray, Lord, that you out of heaven would fall, would, would send this purpose and send this vision through your Holy Spirit into the hearts of these people, Father. And, Lord, that they would not just see it, but they will begin to fulfill it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That they would have foresight to see. Insight to see where they're starting from. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your vision and your purpose in our life, Lord. And that they would have oversight to fulfill the vision that you've placed in their heart. And that purpose, your purpose, would fill their hearts, Lord. I speak against depression right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak against lack of purpose, Lord. I speak against, Lord, those that are lonely. How could you be lonely when we're serving you, Lord, and fulfilling your vision and your purpose for our life, Lord? Lord, just drop that seed of purpose, that seed of vision in our lives, Lord, today. Not just for this new year, but from out, from here on out, Lord. Not just because we're going into 2020, Lord, but because we've become new people. Happy New You. We've become, our minds are different, our hearts are different, Lord. You've been plowing the ground for weeks, preparing us for this moment, right here, right now, Lord. purpose. We receive that vision this morning, Father. And I encourage you, write it down. Make it plain. Make it simple. And no matter what it is, don't ever look at it and say, oh, this is so small. If we all did our part, if we all did what God purposed us to do, we would be powerful. We would be in unity. We all have a purpose, and no purpose is greater than anybody else's. Amen? So I pray that you leave today with new vision, new purpose, new hope for your life. For God has given you 
all these things, not your own, but God-given purpose and God-given vision this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, we leave fulfilled. We leave happy. We leave, Lord, uh, uh, rejoicing in the fact that we have a purpose in this life, Lord, and we have a vision, and your promises will come to pass in our life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As the scripture ends, it says that he will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and not on the bottom. Some of us have felt like the tail, and some of us have felt like we've been on the bottom, and everyone else beats us down. But today, all that changes. Today, you become the head. Today, you take your position on top. Not because of what you know or what you've done or what you haven't done, but because God gave you that. God made you that. It's a gift. Amen? It's a gift. Don't talk yourself out of it. You want to know more about talking yourself out of it? Listen to last week's. <laughs> Don't talk yourself out of this blessing this morning. This is a whole new year, a whole new decade, a whole new you. Amen? Amen. We're going to sing one song and then you're dismissed today. And join us next week. Every day here, 21 days of prayer. We're here 6 to 7 every day. And next week, is the, the final part of this series is Dream On. Everyone has a dream. Let's find out if it's actually a fantasy. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.